0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you for our first Sunday back. I want to acknowledge that we're not all back here. Um, Many of you are still watching on the live stream because you have smaller children who can't be vaccinated yet. We're looking so much forward to all being together, all in here. We are a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning it's so good to see all of you all it's really all i can do not to burst into tears and we have um, tissues in case just in case it's very moving to be in one another's presence we also come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone And so it is in the spirit of that heritage that I say, let us greet the divine in our midst this morning by greeting the people around us and on the people who are watching on the live stream. If you have comments, please greet in the comments.
1: Please say with me our words for lighting the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship is from German philosopher and writer, Goethe. The world is so empty if one thinks only of mountains, rivers, and cities. But to know someone who thinks and feels with us, who, though distant, is close to us in spirit... This makes the earth for us an inhabited garden.
0: This congregation wrote its own mission, and we use it to make our decisions. The board refers to it in board meetings, and the ministers refer to it as we make decisions that move us into the future. Let us say it together, and you can read it off the wall in our sanctuary this (laughs) Sunday if you like to, if you're here. And you all will be here soon. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. One of the things that we did for our small beloved community here was, I don't know if you even remember, but we made a pandemic quilt. Chris, can I ask you to hold it up and reveal?
2: Okay. Yay!
0: <laughs> and thank you to Michael Jones and to um, Joanna Johnson for putting the quilt together and for inspiring us all. You can come look at it more closely after the service if you like to. Every second Sunday of the month, we have two offerings. The extra offering goes into our monthly service offering, our uh, second Sunday service offering. And today, the project that we're highlighting is Inside Books.
3: Hi, I'm
4: Richard Halpin. I'm here with Camerawoman Becky Halpin. And we're shooting this short intro to the video you're about to see about Inside Books. So sharing the plate for a month organization. We at this church have shared books with Inside Books for years. Because of you, we've sent thousands of books to Texas prisoners who tell us it's a miracle. These books change their lives. So here we go, the video for Inside Books, and thanks again for your very wonderful generosity.
5: Books are one of the most engaging ways that inmates can prepare for life outside or just feel human. And that's the most important thing when you're locked up.
6: Inside Books Project is a nonprofit organization run entirely by volunteers that sends books and personalized letters to individuals who are in Texas prisons.
5: So many people that go into prison, once that happens, you're basically like pushed back in life, and it's a lot harder to get your life back on track once you get out as someone that was formerly incarcerated i feel like i'm kind of giving to myself in that sense i was in a similar situation as a lot of these people having books as the only source of interaction with the outside world so it means a lot sometimes prison will use the libraries as a a means to control people where they'll deny them access to the library or if you're in solitary you can't get books from the library. So we give them books that it's their own property.
6: COVID has had a huge impact on our ability to mail as many letters and packages as we normally mail. In an average night, if we have 20, 25 volunteers coming in along with hosts, we might be able to send 20 crates of books, 25 crates of books, and now... A really good night we might have 10 crates of books
1: not having those volunteers and has really affected us quite a bit it's something that we all really miss a lot miss the social interaction with the new people and like the wide variety of people that come into our space and, and you meet you meet a really diverse group of people I, I really do miss that a lot but we're doing what we can it's, we're, we're keeping on top of it
6: some of our most requested categories include lgbtq fiction native american books dictionaries thesauruses almanacs pulp fiction comics role-playing books art books and books on drawing
1: We get a ton of requests on how to draw, how to like paint with watercolors, how to a lot, even like writing and articulate and grammar and stuff like that, like a lot of creativity outlets, a lot of people want that because it's something to clear your mind and get away from the drudgery of what they're in.
6: Thank you so much for the books you sent. They got here on the second day we were on COVID 19 lockdown. All three books you sent were being read within 30 minutes of arriving on the wing. There is no way I can thank you enough for the service you provide. Please send more books, whatever you can.
1: Memory and moon are my calendar. Like us, my memories chase each other. Seasons won't steal from me. The wind in the razor wire won't whisper harsh words or chitter with my fear. Tonight, my moon is
5: brighter than this dirty light. Inside Books' future is just continuing what we're doing and trying to get better resources to people faster.
6: intentional donations are really helpful we also have an amazon wish list of different materials that we use such as paper and printing things and envelopes to send out our packages so there are a lot of different ways that folks can support including also just spreading the word about the work that we're doing and also advocating for better prison conditions and more humane treatment
1: Sunday is also the Sunday that we start our stewardship campaign, where we start making our pledges to fund this church in 2022. And during our stewardship campaign, we invite people from the church to talk about what it means to them and why they support the church. And I am delighted to introduce somebody a lot of you probably already know, Michael Kersey, a long term member of our church community who began attending in the fall of 1991. In the years since, he's been active or participated in many of the programs and ministries of both the church, personally himself, and with his family. He served as president of the Board of Trustees in 2013-2014. He says, he says he hasn't yet joined the choir, but it's still on his list to do someday. So, <laughs> welcome, Michael.
4: Thank you for the introduction, Chris. <laughs> Um, I also want to thank Tony Wegner for uh, uh, inviting me to share this stewardship moment. Um uh, honored to be able to say what this church means to me. And it is just terrific to be here, to see everyone's faces and also everyone that's online. I know there's a much larger community, but the energy is just palpable. It's wonderful. Um, my understanding of stewardship is as a practice of providing and planning and nurturing what you love and care about so that it thrives and grows and continues in a sustainable way. During my tenure here, I found this church to be a place to connect, to learn, to grow, to practice being a better human being. It is a place of music, of poetry, meaningful ritual and inspiration, and so much more. Contributing to this church has always been important uh, to my wife, Karen, and me. We support the church because we want the church to continue to thrive and to be here for others and for future generations. I urge everyone to join us. The theme of this year's stewardship campaign is connection and commitment. Everyone makes a difference. That rings true to me. I suppose it's possible to travel towards beloved community as a solitary pilgrim, but I'd rather pull my resources and travel together in a joyous caravan. And in a caravan, traveling together, everyone can contribute in some way, even if it's just with your presence. And how much easier the journey is with a guide who can remind us of where we're headed and inspire us along the way. Ten and a half years ago, almost 11, at the same time this church was very intentionally discerning its values and stating our values and mission, even writing it on the wall, I had the privilege of being part of the search committee tasked with finding a guide for us, our next settled minister. I'm actually the one who made the call with the search committee gathered around Sharon and Brian Moore's kitchen table, I think we called right at the minute, maybe a little bit before the uh, UUA guideline said that we could call candidates for minister. But we knew we had a hot commodity in our hands. (laughs) And I had the privilege of saying, um, Reverend Barnhouse, this is your pulpit committee. We think you would be a good fit for our church and community. We want you and Kaya to come join us. And that was the start of presenting Meg to our church. And I'm so grateful for the community for voting almost unanimously. I still don't know what's up with that one no vote. I think it's just the principle of being oppositional, and I appreciate that. But I think for all intents and purposes, it was unanimous. in um, calling Meg to be our settled minister. I want to take a moment... I just want to conclude by thanking you, Meg, for your courage, your compassion, your leadership. It's been a wonderful 10 years. You've met all of the search committee's expectations. (laughs) I'm so, so looking forward to what the future brings. Thank you, everyone.
7: Good morning. Some of you are sitting in the sanctuary, and some of you are sitting at home, and I'm sitting here in this creek. But no matter where we're sitting, we are all here together in this moment, in this worship, in this community. I'm so grateful for that. In honor of our community and in honor of Indigenous Peoples Day, which we're celebrating tomorrow and have been learning about in our religious education classes this morning, I want to share a book with you by a Cherokee author who shares how gratitude the practice of being grateful is at the heart of her community and all of her community's rituals and traditions and celebrations. Ochile Heliga, We Are Grateful by Tracy Sorrell, illustrated by Frane Lessac. Cherokee people say Ochile Heliga to express gratitude It is a reminder to celebrate our blessings and reflect on struggles daily, throughout the year, and across the seasons. When cool breezes blow and leaves fall, we say, As shell shakers dance all night around the fire, and burnt cedar scent drifts upward during the great new moon ceremony. As we clean our houses, wear new clothes, enjoy a feast, and forget old quarrels, to welcome the Cherokee New Year. While we collect buckbrush and honeysuckle to weave baskets, to remember our ancestors who suffered hardship and loss on the Trail of Tears, and have hope as our Elise, Grandma, cradles the newest member of the family and reveals his Cherokee name. As bears sleep deep and snow blankets the ground, we say, Ochile Heliga. While elders share stories and we savor buttery bean bread and steamy hominy soup. When we feed our animal and bird friends. As older children teach the younger ones how to make corn husk dolls and play cane flutes. While we gather to remember an uncle who has passed on. As men cuddle babies and sing traditional lullabies in Chalagie, Cherokee... When showers fill streams and shoots spring up, we say, Haliga. While men sing, asking for thunder and lightning's protection of the emerging sprouts that women tend. As we gather wild onions, spring's first food, and serve them with hen's eggs. As we practice patience to sow pucker-toe moccasins and coil clay to build beautiful pots. As we plant ani, strawberries, an ancestral story's sweet smelling reminder not to argue with each other. As we embrace a clan relative heading off to serve our country. As the crops mature and the sun scorches, we say Ojai Li Helika. When we grasp our gigs and wade into the cool creek to catch crawdads for supper. As we sink our teeth into the season's first harvest at the green corn ceremony, while we click-clack sticks, chase a small ball, and fling it high at the stick ball game pole. When we recall the ancestors' sacrifices to preserve our way of life, to celebrate Nulista Nidola history, and listen to our tribal leaders speak at Cherokee National Holiday. Every day, every season.
8: We are grateful. Our meditative reading comes to us from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, called From Generation to Generation. In a house which becomes a home, one hands down another takes up the heritage of mind and heart. Laughter and tears. Musings and deeds. Love. Love like a carefully loaded ship, crosses the gulf between the generations. Therefore, we do not neglect the ceremonies of our passage, when we wed, when we die, and when we are blessed with a child, when we depart, and when we return, when we plant, and when we harvest. Let us bring up our children. It is not the place of some official to hand to them their heritage. If others impart to our children our knowledge and ideals, they will lose all of us that is wordless and full of wonder. Let us build memories in our children, lest they drag out joyless lives, lest they allow treasures to be lost because they have not been given the keys. We live not by things, but by the meaning of things. It is needful to transmit the passwords from generation to generation. This time, would you please join me?
0: Um, please join me in an attitude of prayer and meditation as we speak and listen to God, as we understand God, or as we just listen to our inner wisdom, or as we watch our breath as it comes in and out of our bodies. Let us enter into what Ralph Waldo Emerson called the wise silence together. Saint-Exupéry says, Love, like a carefully loaded ship, carries our values and passwords from generation to generation. Many times our ship is storm-tossed. Many times we don't know the way through. Many times we feel the fresh Wind in our faces, and we have clear sailing. May we practice so that our spirits are sturdy enough to endure and stay steady no matter what is happening.
3: May it be so. Good morning. I'm Tony Wagner, and it is my honor to be the president of the Board of Trustees this year. It's also a privilege to be back here in person with many of you and virtually with many of you. I am here today to continue the celebration of Meg's 10 years as our minister. And this is what we call a hugely successful ministry. Reverend Meg has provided First UU with strong and compassionate leadership during times of both opportunity and challenge. She leads with love, as is clear to anyone who participates in this church. In the past 10 years, this congregation has actively advocated for social justice, for people of all gender identities and all colors, and for the environment, as well as many, many more Uh, Causes that are consistent with our values. We became a sanctuary congregation in 2015. In the past 10 years, she has also been by our side through a challenging election and presidency, through challenging time of racial tension, through a major reconstruction effort in the church, and most recently, through a major pandemic that has affected all of us. During her tenure, we officially changed our governance structure to policy governance, enabling us as a congregation to decide what is important and holding our minister accountable for achieving that, which she does. And through all of this, we have grown. We have increased our membership over 30% since 2011. And our RE membership has increased over 80%. For UU churches affiliated with the UUA during the same time period, RE enrollments have dropped over 55%. And overall membership has stayed uh, steady or slightly declined, even as the number of congregations has increased. Reverend Meg has challenged us to really think about our values and to act in ways... That are consistent with them. She has comforted us, guided us, sung to us, inspired us, and provided humor in good times and in bad. She has hired and maintains a wonderful team And in addition to providing leadership in this church and our community, she is a presence and leader for UUs nationally and internationally. On behalf of the congregation and to recognize our gratitude for these 10 years, I'm delighted to be able to present, I hope, (laughs) a video edited by Leo Colas that captures moments with Reverend Meg over the past 10 years. I'm going to go ahead and make the special announcements early this, this morning. So we're going to go ahead and get those out of the way. Join us, please, for Munchies and Sundays, a reception for our new Reverend Meg Barnhouse.
0: There's an Israeli proverb that says, Kashim. Don't you
3: think that's true?
0: I'm gonna be telling you things you already know, which sometimes for Unitarians is relaxing.
2: You me the
0: Everybody kind of goes, oh, the church is just like a family. But you know, the church is just like a family. Changes. Oh, and uh, and there's a new minister. We'll see how that works out. Oh, the oh, the it's been my honor.
3: Reverend Meg, we are deeply, deeply grateful to you. It it has worked out. So far, so good. And we look forward to many more years together. Thank
1: you. I want to invite Vicki Almstrom up. Present a little gift that we have for Meg to celebrate her 10 years, and while Vicky comes up, I want to tell you briefly about just one of the gifts Meg has given me—an uh, important one, though. You have to do a ministerial internship to become a Unitarian Universalist minister, and my internship was, let's say, not ideal because there had been misconduct by several ministers in the church, and so there was a lot of turmoil. I learned a lot, but I didn't get to experience a healthy minister and congregation. So right after Meg brought me on as assistant minister here, I told her that getting to work with her and this church was like getting to do a ministerial fellowship after that bad internship and learn what a healthy minister and congregation are like. I have learned so much from Meg and I have to believe that I'm a better minister than I might have been otherwise because she gave me that fellowship. Thank you, Meg. And the gift.
7: <laughs> so Chris gave me the prospect, said, well, I like this stool, which I worked on together with uh, Phil Richardson. And said, well, do you think you could maybe use some pictures from around the church to make something for make?
0: And so. Oh, uh, oh, my goodness. This this pulls, up like this. pulls up like that. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Thank you so
7: much. And it's 90% finished. So I have to take that.
1: <laughs> so Meg doesn't actually quite get the stole yet, but very soon.
7: <laughs> That's so like
0: something I would do. You all, thank you so much. I, uh... I'm moved beyond words Um, well not really I've got words (laughs) (laughs) words I've got I told Bear and Chris that my um, theme for this year was love like a carefully loaded ship and so Bear's been drawing ships for us and Putting that poem more and more of it in the um, images as we go forward into the fall, and i I think that 's what this congregation is doing, and I want to just mostly thank you for being a congregation that I am so proud and honored to be part of, and the leader of i I remember the board meeting where um, we were faced with a choice of whether to bring someone into sanctuary to live in our congregation live in our church building and I um, was sitting at the table with our board we've had ten wonderful boards that I've worked with so far and I said, I feel rushed in this decision. I don't like it. I, I want to do things decently and in order, which is a big Presbyterian term. Um, <laughs> I like to do things in a thoughtful way and not in a hurried, rushed, impulsive way. And so I'm leaning towards saying no. And some of the board members were nodding thoughtfully. And then one of the board members, I'm not going to call names, because they're all wonderful. One of the board members said, I think we should do it. And another board member at another part of the table said, if we don't do this, given our mission, what do we do? And suddenly everybody was nodding. And I um, felt tears in my eyes. I didn't burst into tears in a kind of ugly way. I just had tears in a kind of a dignified way. <laughs> but I knew that they were right. I felt the voice of truth. And to me, that is the epitome of what this congregation is all about. If, that, if our mission says this, then we must do this. And so I want to thank you for doing this. And I want to thank you for keeping the fire burning at the heart of this congregation during this very tough pandemic period when we couldn't be in the room with each other and when so many of us were just crumbling or wilting by ourselves. Some of us were fine, but some of us were wilting by ourselves. The introverts were like, yeah, this is more like it. (laughs) Now I don't have to say yes, I'll go to that party and then the day I'll go, I say I would go to the party. But we can all be with our various selves back again and we are strong as a congregation because you all have hung in there and you all watching on the live stream have hung in there with us and you're hanging in still until you're able to join us. And we think of all of us as us. I want to ask for your commitment to this congregation to continue for the next year. The stewardship team is going to be working hard to make contact with you. And I want you to think of yourselves as adding fuel to the fire at this at the heart of this congregation, I want you to think of yourselves as loading the ship, carefully loading the ship with, you, with love so that our values can be transmitted from generation to generation. And so that this congregation will be here for the people who need us, for the people who are us, who aren't here yet. They need you. And we all need each other. And that is all that I'm going to say in terms of a sermon this morning. Just please think about loading this ship and making the ship sturdy and strong so that it doesn't have to spring leaks on the way so that it doesn't have to face storms with shivery timbers. Um, isn't that a nautical term, shiver, shiver me timbers? I, I'm not a sailor. I have no idea. I, I rode horses. That was that was what I did. That was wild. Anyway,
2: um,
0: thank you, thank you for for being here and for making this ministry successful. It's. It is not successful solely because of me. It's successful because of Chris and because of this team that we have and because of you. Mostly because of you.
1: Now please say with me our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again.
0: The lone wild bird
2: in lofty flight is.